Angie Coombs, The Waterfall Journey. The Waterfall Journey Workbook, Study 10, Spider Diagram, Thinking and Choices. Let's remind ourselves, living in the waterfall, we stand on a firm foundation. We are abiding in the presence of the Father, as Jesus did. Our pressing need for love and belonging, value and worth, meaning and purpose, are being met through our relationship with the Father. Outside the waterfall, in our fallen state, we must survive. And all our behaviour drives us to get our selfish needs met wherever we can. Broken relationships and lack of love lead to emotional damage, which we all suffer from, and leads us to emptiness and thirst within. We saw last time that much of this damage is buried deep within our unconscious, yet it still drives our behaviour. This leads to difficult feelings, difficult responses and pain as we travel through life. Last time we began to look at the spider diagram as a method of understanding what was going on in a particular event that had caused us problems in the past. We have drawn a spider diagram on an A4 sheet of paper and we have written the event that the Holy Spirit has highlighted into the central circle. Then we filled in the first layer around the centre circle with the feelings that we had experienced both at the time and as a consequence of the event. Now we move on to the middle layer to see what beliefs we picked up about ourselves from that experience. Essentially we're looking at how this event impacted the narrative of our story by influencing how we think about ourselves in relation to others and life. What do I believe about myself from my experience of this happening to me? So let's turn to the spider diagram, this middle layer, and look at our thinking. Our thinking is the engine room that drives the choices we make and our subsequent behaviour. In the fall, the disobedience which led to the eating of the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil corkscrewed our thinking away from alignment with God's nature, will and purpose. The characteristic of fallen thinking is that we think we know right from wrong, we think we know good from evil, we think we know best, we think we know the way to survive and to make life work. So who needs God? It is this independence, separation from God, that causes mankind's problems. This leads to living in the shadowlands where the light of Christ does not penetrate. However, without him, without the Father's provision, protection and family identity, going our own way involves desperation. Life in the fallen world is driven by selfish need and not love. With our egos rampant, 
we seek to get our needs met our way, but in doing so we cause much damage and unhappiness to others as well as ourselves. We pick up beliefs about ourselves from the moment we are born and before. In the very first experiences, a baby wants to know, am I safe? And can I trust big people? As newborn babies, we're designed to be 100% loved. And when our experience falls short of God's intention, we know it. Also, circumstances can be less than helpful. Accidents and misfortune happen. The little person sees themselves as being the cause of their negative experience. Bad things happen to me because I'm a bad person. They cannot reason as an adult can. They do not see a bigger picture. An 18-month-old child with chickenpox was sent to stay with her loving grandparents when her parents brought home a new baby brother. Whereas an adult can see all the advantages of this situation, a small child cannot. The long-term impact into adulthood was fueled by the belief deep in her unconscious that this little child was abandoned because she was unlovable, not good enough and less than everyone else. Our observations as little people are neither accurate nor objective. They are negative and absolute. For example, I am unlovable or I am unsafe. These beliefs then become the criteria through which we assess our progress in the world as we grow up. It is like putting on a pair of tinted glasses with our belief colouring the lenses. If I believe I'm unlovable, every experience is coloured by that belief and that skews how I inhabit an experience, what I take from it and how I respond to it. Once we take a belief on board, we hoover up evidence that confirms its truth in our minds. Foundational beliefs about ourselves, picked up in the first few years of life, are buried in our unconscious and are carried with us through the years until they are disputed and replaced. They colour the way we experience life minute by minute. They underpin the choices we make and become self-fulfilling prophecies. Believing I am unlovable means that in relationships I never start from a confident place. I always see myself as less than others and therefore less deserving of love. I do not believe you will love me, thus I have a barrier to receiving love before a relationship begins. Uncovering these lies is the key to transformation. For when we recognise the lies we can dispute them and it is by the renewing of our minds we shall be set free on the journey towards wholeness. Like an iceberg, we are nine-tenths under the surface, so when we experience a feeling, there is a complicated belief system out of sight that is causing that emotion on the surface. Bill Johnson says, All beliefs, expectations, attitudes, decisions, agreements and oaths that do not agree with God's word, nature or character 
are lies and are ungodly. We have much thinking to straighten out. We're going to learn that our healing comes as we bring our thinking back into alignment with God, as he highlighted in Romans 12 verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So let's go back to our spider diagram. In the middle layer, radiating outward, insert the beliefs that were caused or reinforced by your central issue. Take time and reflect again on what happened and how you felt. What did you think then about yourself in that situation and subsequently? You'll find it helpful to make them statements beginning with I where possible. For example, I'm a loser. I can't trust anyone. I must keep everyone happy. I must keep everyone safe. I'm not lovable. I don't belong. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. Now let's turn to the outer layer of the spider diagram where we consider our choices and behaviours. When it comes to our experience of life and relationships, we're making choices all day, every day. What are we going to do? How are we going to react or respond to a situation? Often, when we are wounded, it seems as though we are robbed of the ability to make choices in our life. It is as though we are pre-programmed to follow a certain pattern of thinking. I must, or I should, take a particular course of action. The drivers for such behaviours are beliefs seated in our unconscious. Part of our healing is to become aware that we are choosing beings and can make healthy choices. We have some instinctive reaction. When we are confronted by a danger, which may be real but may also be emotional or anything that we perceive holds a threat for us, we have three instinctive reactions that may kick in. They can be remembered by the three F's. They are fight, flight or freeze. Let's do an exercise. Reflect on situations in your life when you face circumstances that have brought forth each of these instinctive reactions in you. On reflection, was your reaction appropriate? Did it serve its purpose? In hindsight, could you have responded in a different way for a better outcome? Reflect on the difference between reacting and responding. Then look at the example of Jesus in the Gospels. Jesus chose his response to situations rather than reacting to them. Identify five ways Jesus gave himself time to respond where you might have reacted. What were the outcomes? Can you find an example where Jesus reacted to a situation? Consider what it tells us. The Bible tells us the heart is full of deceit and that is because we are generally unaware that all our behaviour is driving us towards where we think we will get our needs met.
We may think we are acting for the good of others, but our true motives are selfish. In our unconscious, we are plotting what the actions will do for us. We make two sorts of choices about our behaviour. Firstly, we do things to try and protect ourselves, to survive. These are our defence mechanisms. We build a cage of behaviours to make ourselves feel safe. We can hide away behind shyness, humour, aggression, bullying, denial, spiritualising, fantasy, rationalising, hypochondria, control and withdrawal. The list of our defences is endless for we are very creative about the way we protect ourselves. They give us the illusion that we are safe and that no one will find out the big secret that we are only acting out being okay. Secondly, we've seen that when outside the waterfall at our very core we all have emptiness. The second set of choices we make is designed to try and fill the void and to try and make us feel good, masking that emptiness inside. We often strive to be the best in some area, the perfect parent, the perfect Christian or the most spiritual, the one who never says no, or we go for status, being the top of the pile. If the world thinks we are great, it must be so. Then we all use ways to fill the ache inside, chocolate, sex, drugs, shopping, job, car, status, alcohol, the newest gadgets, celebrity, fame. Let's turn again to the spider diagram to fill in the third outer layer with the behaviours and choices that you make as a consequence of the thinking that has arisen from this central issue. What do you do to make yourself feel safe? What do you do to help you feel good about yourself? What do you do to fill the emptiness inside? Now comes the most important part of the work with the spider diagram. Having completed it, spend some time with the Holy Spirit reflecting on what you see. Don't rush this, mull it over. Expect the Holy Spirit to give you insights. Feel the feelings. Have you dealt with these difficult feelings? Look at your beliefs. Are they what God says about you? What is the biggest lie you have believed about yourself? Reflect on the behaviours and choices you've made to get through life. As you look at the diagram, what is the overall way you've responded to need in you? What behaviours do you observe? What stands out about your reaction to the pain? Were your choices ones that Jesus would have made? How did they differ? What do you think God would have you change? What is he saying to you through this piece of work? Talking through a spider diagram with someone you trust can prove invaluable. 
It can be daunting to see your response to life on a page, confronting the limitations we put on our lives through our twisted thinking can be stark. In the next session, we see how God has a plan to renew our minds and to set us free. Have hope. <laughs>